Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rol.com. That's rol.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Youth Pastor Brian Blackwell as he teaches from the Word of God. That is not going to be easy to follow. (laughs) Amazing job to our worship team. How blessed we are to have their skill set. Wow. (laughs) Well, good morning, River of Life. I'm glad you came out on this Sunday. Um, No. Thanks for being here. Uh, We needed the rain. I know we needed in Stop Choppy, certainly here in the county. Love seeing you guys. And Merry Christmas to everybody in this building. I made a mistake the other day. I saw a good friend of mine at the Sop Choppy Post Office, and as we parted ways, I said, Happy Holidays. Man, what is wrong with me? I mean, the world has gotten to me, and I actually ran down, tra- tracking down a good friend of mine named Bobby Porter, and I said, Man, I am so sorry. That's not, you know, I love Jesus, right? And, uh, but anyway, Merry Christmas. Uh, I wanted to let you know, you know, last week, River of Life celebrated. 20 years of conducting God's business in this very structure. 20 years. And my family and I, we've been here for 10, so half of that. And a lot of these photos, we were having a a board meeting the night before, and I got the opportunity to see the slideshow that was going to take place last week. And I find myself looking up at the screen, and I, I, I was really almost like nostalgic of seeing uh, the photos of the raw wood and the incomplete walls and the ongoing construction. It just, it, it made me feel proud of where we are. And then last week, certainly we revealed that, you know, starting early February, uh, I'm sorry, early of 2024, we're going to start remodeling the dome in here. And I just was really proud as an active member uh, of this church. And I immediately started to think back to those early days when I was first coming to River of Life, and I said, what's the first thing I remember learning here at River of Life? What's the first scripture that really set my soul on fire? And I want to share it with you. First thing, let's get right into God's Word. This is where I set up camp. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That is the very first thing I remember committing to memory and and really setting up camp because one thing that I loved about being under Henry and Chuck's teaching and Derek's teaching at that time is we don't rush anybody to spiritual maturity around here. We don't. You come along at your own pace and Pastor Henry will tell you straight up, you set up camp somewhere in the Bible where he's put you and you stay there until it's time to move on. You don't get that from a lot of churches. They want to move you along quickly. Not here, and not to me. One thing I've learned when preparing a message for my youth or or when preparing a sermon for the entire congregation, such as this morning, is to always look at different translations of the Bible for verses that you want to highlight. So this same verse, in the contemporary English version, it reads like this. The message of the cross doesn't make any sense to lost people, but to those of us being saved... It is the power of God at work. It doesn't make any sense to the outside world, 
But inside this dome today, with the rain beating upon the canvas, it's the power of God at work. I feel extremely moved to begin with these verses of God's words today concerning those that believe in the message of the cross and those that simply do not. So this morning in this dome in God's house, you are going to hear his word. Also this morning, you're going to hear a youth pastor give real life illustrations and faith-based stories concerning such unique and maybe even bizarre things as wired-haired bird dogs and a recently stolen skateboard. Again, these stories and accounts of bird dogs and skateboards, they're deemed foolish according to a lost world. Foolish. But again, for those of us being saved by God's grace, our stories and our witness, our testimonies, they are indeed God's power at work. I often ask my friends when we travel, and it's debate among my friends that love Jesus, if you had to select just one word to describe the thesis of the Bible, one word, what would it be? Now, my youth that are sitting over there, they know that I would say love. One word to describe God, his plan, his word, is love. I also could be persuaded to say that it is about redemption. Both of those, I would believe, would be correct. However, as I study, and I've gotten more and more into God's word, I think you could make a solid argument that the one word that best describes the Bible, it would be relationships. Relationships. So today I want to encourage you to examine and strengthen your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'd also like to encourage and challenge you concerning your relationship with his people. Those that love you and perhaps those that do not. Hmm. To quote Pastor Henry, you cannot be right with God and wrong with your fellow man. It doesn't work like that. You can't be right with God and wrong with your fellow man at the same time. That's a good word for Pastor Blackie, I can tell you that. The sermon title today is Strong and Godly Relationships. Strong and Godly Relationships is what I want to talk to you today about. My youth will tell you and several members of this church will tell you that Blackieisms are a thing. They're little quips that I have that are quick, they're to the point, and they've just become sort of legendary over in the youth building. And one of my favorite blackieisms, as you guys know, is show me your friends and I will show you your future. You line up five of your closest friends that you're going to be tight with over the next three months, six months, or whatever it is. I'll show you where you're going. You're either going to good places, you're going to bad places, you're going to the remedial school, or maybe you're attending youth on Wednesday. You are who you surround yourself with. Another blackieism is nobody cares at all how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Some of the best sharing of God's words and helping to convert people over to Jesus, I have poured into people for as many as five years. It takes time for them to trust you and to love you and to know you're coming from a good place. One of my mentors will tell me, I tell you what, I'll let you get on me, I'll let you criticize me, I'll let you get in my face as long as I know that you have my best interest at heart. These are relationship things. A boss of mine at UPS, I worked there for almost 11 years. 
He was a fantastic businessman. He was an Eastern Tennessee man. He was redneck. Think of him like a small version of Andy Griffith. <laughs> he was a multi, multi-millionaire, had made a ton of money in UPS stock, had started making about $1.75 an hour, and he was not making that when I met him. He would tell me, Blackie, no matter what business you are in, whether it's moving cardboard packages, logistics, painting buildings, fixing grandfather clocks, no matter what business you do, you are in the relationship business. And you are in the relationship building business if you stay in business. As we begin to discuss strong Christian relationships, I want to show you a photo of my youngest child. This is Hilda. And if she was here right now, she'd be happy to meet you if we could keep her still. I got a phone call a month and a half, I'm sorry, a year and a half ago when she was seven months old. She was turned into the local animal rescue shelter here in Wakulla County. And the person in charge of taking the dogs in was an acquaintance of mine at the time that I knew through my vet, Dr. Kyle Marsh, up here at Animal Crawfordville Hospital. And they knew that I had two other bird dogs. And Hilda had paperwork on her when she came in. She is a full-blooded, registered German wire hair pointer. And I don't have to tell you guys just after COVID how much bird dogs were going for. You know what I mean? So somebody actually paid like $2,200 for this dog. They had her for seven months. And hear me when I say, they were responsible enough as owners to say, you know what, this little dog, and I'm quoting the gentleman who owned her, this little dog is tearing up my brand new house. It is destroying my house because now I'm working 60 hours a week. I got two children. I got a wife who is over this dog, hates this dog, and they gave her away. And I got the phone call as I was wrapping up a staff meeting And 17 minutes after getting the initial phone call, she was in my truck and we were going home to stop chopping. (laughs) When I walked in, she was cowering underneath uh, the desk. She didn't know how to load up in a vehicle. She had just been spayed and she was having a little bit of trauma. We went home and I put her in the kennel outside so that my wife didn't see her immediately. And... uh, (laughs) And I bring her downstairs, you know, hey, I got something to show you, baby. Come on, you look so beautiful today. I just, I want you, I want you to meet a new member of our family. And she walks up to the kennel. You can see through the grating. She says, what's that? I said, that's Hilda. And she is now going to live with us because she needed a home. Now, the next photo I've got to show you of Hilda is not for the faint of heart. It's a little rough to look at. If you're squeamish, Okay. Does anybody know what she is covered in there? Lauren? Hitchhikers is what we call them. The guys at the plantation in Georgia think it's cute to call them beggar's lice. Because their little short hair pointers are running around hunting and they're not covered like this, you know, like the, I don't know, like the Grinch or something. This was 20 minutes after our hunt began. This is not the end of the the day at all. I see some faces out here. You guys feel my pain. Thankfully, my wife was traveling in out of town, so I didn't have to bring her home like this. But Casey, who was with me that day as we were training Hilda to get ready for a big hunt, and you can see the darn dog underneath it. He doesn't have many on him at all. But my wire hair is covered in hitchhiker slash beggar's lice. What I found throughout the day is 
I would have to bend over and I'd have to open her eyes as her master. I'd have to peel her eyelids back just so she could see to do the work that she knows that I want her to do. And she's a worker. She is a big-time worker. She loves to run. If she were here right now in five minutes, she'd be at Crumbs Mini Mall. (laughs) As her master, when she couldn't perform her duty, I would bend down and open her eyes so that she could see. How many people does that resonate with today? That our master does that to us. When we're out doing the work, we're doing his work, maybe we're just doing our work, but we're covered in the filth of the world, and occasionally our master has to get involved not only to open our eyes, but to clean us up. I heard Pastor Chuck about a month ago, one of the last times he spoke, he said, listen, sinners, it takes a while to clean you up. We don't just snap our fingers and have it done. It takes a while to get clean and to get right. It's, it's something that my youth, at times, they struggle to understand. They think it's almost like a magic potion. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to feel better. It's not the case. And I can tell you, it's not the case with the filth she was covered in. I got home at 9 o'clock. At 3 a.m. in the morning, I'm still cleaning this dog. And I know you guys are going to come up to me and say, well, you can put olive oil on it and then rake it all out. Listen, when I tried the olive oil that I found on Google, all it did was make a paste. And when you're raking it, man, I tell you what, the dog, Michelle will tell you, the dog was so sore, you couldn't even hardly pet her. The neck, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> you couldn't hardly pet her the next day. And now keep in mind, I've got two more that I'm running, Maddie and Willow, that look just like her. Nine hours of my life I lost to beggar's lice. Old school bird dog mentality is you hunt them, you feed them, and you leave them alone. That's the old school relationship. A lot of the guys in Iowa that I know, that's how they treat their dogs. They have kennels. They don't allow them in the house. Casey will tell you, I got in trouble. I sleep with mine in the bedroom. I snuck one into the house one day, was cuddling with me. The property owner, he did not like it. They want to be left alone, hunt, and fed. Not anymore. The new mentality is you develop a relationship with your servant and that dog develops a relationship with its master and you're going to see a dog that even if you work less with is going to do more because they are a member of your family. I load them up in my truck. I take them to the bank. I take them to Home Depot. I take them into Kevin's where they get a treat in the back from Miss Sue. They come with me. I have a church that even allows me to bring them to the office from time to time. But I don't want to leave the Hilda story there. I have to tell you about the godly relationship that has developed from her as a rescue dog. Christina, Chris Merritt, she works at the Wakola Animal Shelter as an animal services specialist. And she and her daughter, Callie, began coming to River of Life last month. And this past October, I had the honor of doing this. Chris and my relationship, it has grown through God allowing us to learn from each other. She's a newbie to the faith. She's been burned. She's been hurt. And you know what? So have I. And there's just something that God ordained in our relationship that started with a silly dog that's growing. And man, I tell you what, I'm excited about it. 
that God would allow me to know her and to know her daughter and to be able to minister to them on this campus in this county, it's something that the outside world will never understand. Thank you, Chris, for the gift of Hilda. Thank you for caring enough about me for calling. I very much value your friendship and our walk together with Jesus. I do. The next verse I want to get into is Proverbs 17, 17, and it says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Hmm. Also in Proverbs 18, 4, The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. Powerful. I know many men, I'm lucky, I know many men in my life that those scriptures fit to a T. I'm not just giving you lip service up here. I know many men that are like that and they're special and they're valuable to me and I can call them up and they won't give me lip service. I can call them up, our relationship is so strong that I say, listen, I'm slumbering right now and I need your help. Recently I traveled to North Dakota to hunt some birds and I thought when you're way out there, you really don't have many friends out there. And I said, who are the top five people that I could call right now if I was broke down that'd be here in two days to help out? And man, the list was long. It was longer than five. That had my back. We had that strong relationship together. But I want to tell you a quick story about a brother of mine. Michelle and I prepped for Hurricane Adelia that came through this past, uh, I guess, early fall or late summer. And it looked like it was headed to us. Those of you, you know, around, around here know. So we started prepping the house. We normally wait to about 36 hours before landfall to prep the house and to get everything up to higher ground for my river home. And this time we did something a little different. We took one of our classic Volkswagens, and I looked at it, and I said, to save time, let's just put all of our stuff in it, and let's pull it on top of the mound in the side of the yard. It'll be dry. Water doesn't get that high, even if it were to come into the bottom part of the house. It's easy. Let's do it like a storage container. And that's what we did. Thankfully, prayerfully, we did not have to sweep water out of the house. Water never came over the seawall that time. But as you know, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when around here. Two days later, it's time to put the house in order and to move everything back. And we noticed that one of our electronic skateboards called a one-wheel was missing from our van. I want to show you what a picture of what a one-wheel looks like right here. So don't just think of it as like a skateboard. It's a skateboard with like a little like lawnmower tire in the middle. You push forward with your front foot, it goes pretty fast. You push it with the back, it either stops or goes the opposite way. And even though this is a toy, I don't know too many children that can afford this toy. Okay, this is a high-end deal, and since it was stolen from me, the dollar figure of it was enough that it was considered a felony. So immediately, I raise your hand. Have you ever had anything stolen from you? That feeling when you find that somebody has stolen from you and they have invaded your personal space, it's just, it's just icky. I don't even know what, to, it's weird. I hate that feeling. After I filed the sheriff's report, Trace and I began scouring Facebook Marketplace. We wanted to find it, and man, I was mad, I was angry. I'm here to tell you, church, I got, I got no reason not to tell you the truth today from God's pulpit. Man, I wanted some revenge. Who goes and steals from somebody during a hurricane? Right? And it looked like we weren't home. 
It looked like we had evacuated. The lights were out. We went to bed really early that night. We never lost power, but uh, the house looked empty. We had a photo of the vehicle from my neighbor's camera. White van came through at about 4.30 in the morning. We figure that's who did it. You just never know. So as I was angry about this, God got involved, and I pulled the truck over to the side of the road as we were coming back from riding horses, and uh, Michelle was with me, Katie Lynn uh, Wright was with me, and my daughter Claire, and I said, I'm done. I'm done being angry. I've got a relationship with God, and his word tells me that he is strong enough to handle it. He is. Don't waste another second of your time, Blackie, being distracted by somebody who stole from you. You know God's word. You know one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not steal. That's on them. All you, can, you can't handle what other people are going to do. All you can do is react appropriately. And as your youth pastor, I am proud. And if I boast, I boast in the Lord. I said, I'm done. He can handle it. I hope I get to meet the person. I don't want to press charges. All I want to do is minister to them, tell them that God loves them and that I love them, and that anytime you want to use this skateboard or a wakeboard boat or you want to go hunt, just give me a call. But don't steal from me. Well, I rode that high horse for probably about 20 hours. (laughs) And then I was mad again. And we had had the greatest day on the water. We, we hung out as a family. And, and, and I was still mad and stewing about this. And Trace and I were thinking about road tripping to go and, go and find one of these guys. And, and it just, I was just in a bad place, church. And I picked up the phone. And I called a brother of mine. Because I knew of all of my contacts and all of my relationships that this man would shoot me straight. I called him. He picked up the phone. He said, man of God, how are you today, my brother? And I said, brother Al, I'm not doing so well. And I apologize for calling you. I know you're laid up. I know you're sick, but I also know you're a big man and you'd beat me up if you knew I had a need and I didn't ask you. He said, what can I do for you today? I recounted the story. I told him I was struggling. I said, you're, you're the one person I, I need right now to speak into me. He said, I don't want to hear any more about the one will. Because I feel it in my heart right now. And he said, I'm not necessarily always prophetic, but I feel it in my heart that it's coming back. And it's coming back soon. And when it comes back soon, you need to give God the glory for the return of this toy. He said, let me ask you a question. Don't you use that to teach the youth how to ride? And don't you take it to camp, to journey camp? I said, yes, sir. He said, so is it, is it an underestimation to say that a hundred of God's people have been touched by it, by this little toy that was stolen? I said, no, sir, you're right. He said, it's coming back. Let's talk about something else. Yes, sir. <laughs> week later, while taking my dogs to use the potty, laying at the boat ramp side of my house. It's sitting there like an offering, like a gift. It came back. Outside world thinks this story is foolish. It's happenstance. It's a coincidence. Somebody borrowed it. It ran out of battery. They didn't have the charger. They brought it back. It was charged fully when it came back. 
And it was sitting there like a gift from a God that said, you have a relationship with your people. You have a relationship with me. See if you don't call on my name and I don't do great and marvelous things. I will answer. My brother, Pastor Al, would often sing during a portion of his sermon. I know, like me, you enjoyed that very much. His skill set and his talent and his power. He had power. So to honor him, I'd like to share a song with you all right now. I'm not singing, you know that. (laughs) That would not honor his legacy at all. But thanks for your confidence. Billy, I looked at you. You were getting nervous, man. I could tell. As Claire and Ryan and JoJo make their way to the stage, I want to set up the song they're about to perform. The song is titled Strong, and it was introduced to me by a man I've got a great relationship with, and his name is Chuck Coburn. And Chuck Coburn and I, occasionally, with me, we get to the office pretty early, and we have at least 30 minutes worth of conversation about family, about sports, and certainly about Jesus Christ. Pastor Chuck gave me this song, and I want you to hear it right now. It's called Strong. How strong are your relationships with the Lord? How strong are your relationships with his people? This is Strong. I keep putting on says I ain't tired But these tears stained eyes ain't lying Cause hard Nobody told me life could be so hard A weary soul with a worn out heart That's barely beating But every time I get that feeling I hit my knees with my hands held high Saying dear Lord Jesus You know I can't do this on my own I can't do this on my own try to break me, but I know the one who makes me strong, strong, like my daddy always told me, so there's a place you can always go when you got nothing, then he handed me the one thing that's strong, doesn't matter how old it gets, there's power in the words of red in this old Bible. And when I'm desperate for revival, I hit my knees with my hands held high, saying, Dear Lord Jesus, you know I can't do this on my own. I can't do this on my own. Lord knows I've tried, but I'm good at falling down. Thank God 
gonna try to break me But I know the one who makes me strong Strong I'm strong when I got nothing I'm strong even when I'm weak Cause the strong arms of my Savior Are holding on to me Hit my knees with my hands held high Saying, dear Lord Jesus You know I can't do this on my own I can't do this on my own Lord knows I've tried But I'm good at falling down Thank God you're good at picking me up off the ground The world's gonna try to break me I have made the mistake and had Claire sing at the beginning of my messages before. <laughs> Ryan, Jojo, Claire, thank you so much for ministering with me today. It's an honor to have a relationship with the Pecks. It's an honor to have a relationship with my daughter that she looks forward to this. This is her home. She has such a strong relationship with so many of you in this church and over in the children's building that this is where she wants to be. This is where she wants to use her talents. And I thank God that that is the case in my own family. As I start to close here, really, Pastor Blackie's stories and even his daughter singing, like that's, don't get me wrong, like, I take a lot of pride in being prepared and being honest with you and coming up with illustrations and all, you know, that's all good. That's all good and well. What does God have to say about relationships? What does his word have to say? And I can tell you, a lot. It has got a lot. I spent 12 minutes the other day talking to Pastor Henry about this message, and I couldn't write fast enough as he was pouring into me some thoughts that he had on relationships. My own research revealed this to me. When Jesus Christ was asked, which commandment is the most important of all? Which is the most important? Jesus replies in Mark, and you shall love the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. That's most important. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no great, greater commandment than these. These two, 
You ask the Savior of the world what his thoughts are, not Blackie's thoughts, not Pastor Henry, not Pastor Chuck or Brother Derek or Brother Bill or the late Al Terrell. It doesn't matter what we say. What matters is what Jesus Christ says about relationships. And what he says about relationships is you love me, you are sold out for me, and you love others like you love yourself. Those are his words, not mine. Strong, godly relationships, they're at your fingertips. God's word clearly says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. It doesn't work the opposite way. Boy, I've learned that in this church. I've heard that that message given several times in the decade I've been here. He doesn't draw near to you first. You have to make the first step of the commitment. And then from there, you determine the depth and the width and the the validness of your relationship. It's got to start with you. Draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. Father God, thank you so much for our time spent together in your house and on your campus. Father, thank you for your word about relationships and why they're so important. Father, your blood that was shed from the cross, it, it, it was done so that we could, we could be saved from this world and, and we could be saved from ourselves. Help us to draw near to you, Lord. We want to know you intimately. We want to show kindness and compassion to those that might steal a material possession from us. They may have said something ugly about us, Lord. They may even despise us, but help us to be more like you. Father, the more we know you, the more you show us our own sin. And thank you for that. Thank you for that conviction is a real thing. Help us to know you on a deeper level, Lord. Help us to be honest about where our relationship currently stands with you and those that you love. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.